All right, folks, welcome back to From My View podcast. We have a uh, special show here today, mixing it up a little bit. I have a good friend on the line here who will be a bit of a co-host for this week's episode. Uh, My buddy, Brandon Geffrey, who is also a member of the Reaching the Summit podcast group overall. He covers North Dakota State for both men's and women's. Uh, Brandon also has his own podcast, uh, Thundering Her. Heard Hoops podcast. I'll let him talk a little bit about that here shortly, but uh, welcome uh, to the show, Brandon. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Glad glad to be here. Yeah, just a quick quick plug to your podcast where they can find you, what it's about, and uh, yeah, just a little bit overview of it. Yeah, uh, Thundering Herd Hoops podcast uh, at TH Hoops podcast on Twitter. Um, really, I tweet out when the episode's released. They usually, I usually drop them on Wednesday's weekly episode. Uh, just recaps NDSU men's and women's games from the week before. Uh, do a little previews of the week upcoming, and each week, um, try to get an interview with a, a team, a player from each of the, the men's and women's teams. So, uh, give the fans a chance to get to know the players on the team a little bit off the court, um, instead of just the basketball talk that you usually see in interviews. So, uh, try to keep it fun, keep it light, and and uh, yeah, that about covers it. Nice. And yeah, what I like about your podcast, very similar to what I do here. You just like to, you know, you, you like to review, uh, review, recap, uh, preview. And then, you know, with your interviews with players, you just kind of like to, you know, put them out there, show that they're real people and let people get to know, you know, the the folks on both rosters. And so it's fun to fun to see someone else doing a very similar type of project there. And Folks, if you do troll Brandon on his podcast, just be careful. We joked about this earlier. My Twitter handle is now TH underscore hoops. Uh, so they're very similar without realizing it at the time, even though we followed each other. That's my mistake. Uh, you know, wild, wild story. Long story short, uh, had a crazy, uh, crazy person uh, situation on my other socials. Didn't want them finding my Twitter because they were uh, very bizarre, so I switched things, and now brand uh, similar Twitter handles by accident. <laughs> yeah, no, it's perfect because if anybody comes and tries to bash me on my Twitter account, I'll just point them and say they're looking for years. So it worked; <laughs> it'll work out perfect. I'll just send them your way. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah, uh, one of the big reasons I wanted to have Brandon on. He and I we talk all the time about Summit Hoops. I uh, have a lot of fun, but. Uh, as, as we just mentioned, he covers NDSU men's and women's basketball. One of the teams that I cover very closely, as you all may know, is the St. Thomas Tommies men's basketball. The Tommies and the Bison, they play on Thursday. Not only is it a late season game, but it is a critical and pivotal matchup. Uh, winner basically takes the driver's seat of the third seed in the Summit League tournament. Loser is eliminated from that coveted seat seed and uh yeah so we'll just kind of get into that brandon uh your thoughts going into this game so far uh cautiously optimistic i would say for ndsu um just based on the way they've played here the last four or five games um but also a little nervous because uh the first matchup did not go well i know we'll touch on that in a little bit but uh, Andrew Rohde did not play in that game, um, and so it's a new matchup for NDSU. It's been a long time. I mean, the, these two played the first first game of the conference season, so it's been a long time uh, since they played each other. So both teams have kind of come a long way 
um, since then. But NDSU on their home floor, they know what's at stake. Um, they've been defending significantly better here down the stretch uh, and doing enough offensively. Um, and so I, I, it's a huge game. The, as you mentioned, the loser can't get back into the three seed line uh, after this game. So uh, a lot at stake there to avoid ORU in the in the semifinal potential matchup um, at the Summit League tournament. So that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, uh, it's just being cautiously optimistic. Yeah, and I'd, I'd say kind of the same on on the uh, you know Tommy side here. A lot has changed since that first matchup. You know, I think for different reasons, both teams were really still trying to find themselves. You know, Dave was still putting together that guard core that was, you know, having to take shape during the season because not a lot of practice time before with all the injuries. You know, the Tommies were still kind of incorporating all their new faces. They were without Rody unexpectedly that weekend due to a concussion. So it's kind of hard to take a lot from that game. Um, vast improvements from both teams. Uh, I think with the Tommies, just their, their freshmen have kind of grown up, uh, being able to figure out how to play with the older guys uh, as a unit. They've found their identity uh, as kind of an inside-out team uh, versus a NDSU team that likes to use their posts traditionally down low or with Grant, likes to you know play make but still score a lot at the basket. Um, you know, what are, What have been the biggest improvements from the Bison from that game to this game that you've seen so far? Number one by a long shot is defense. Um, they did not defend at all for probably the first two, two thirds of the season, I would say. Uh, it, they just it, in the Tommy's game, they came back offensively, started playing well in the second half, but they could they couldn't get a stop. Um, and the Tommies weren't doing anything fancy. They were, you know, Bjorkman was taking it to the rim. Blue was hitting a couple outside shots. It was, they didn't have Rody out there playmaking. It wasn't anything spectacular. They just weren't defending well as a team. Um, and then you touched on a little bit uh, with St. Thomas and their freshmen. NDSU's relied a ton on freshmen um, at the guard position. You know, Demar Wheeler-Thomas starting to Javis Miller's come on strong. Both of them dealt with injuries early to Javis a little more even during the season. Uh, and I think they've both settled in uh, the last couple of weeks. And then the other big one is Bowden Scunberg. Uh, Bowden Scunberg has played spectacular basketball um, pretty much since the UND game, probably their third third Summit League game. So not he didn't play well at St. Thomas. Uh, I think he made a, like two or three baskets. One of them was towards the end of the game that brought him back to within five and then talked some smack to the, to the fans and got teed up and – all of a sudden it was a six point swing because the Tommy's got the free throw and then another, another bucket. And the game was out of reach at that point after that happened. So um, he's grown up a lot. He's played significantly better offensively um, down the stretch. And so all of that combined with Grant Nelson elevating his game to the elite now NBA prospect level that has garnered all the attention. I mean, he's, he's had a double, double in five straight games. He's, He's averaging 22 and 12 um, here in the last, I believe, seven games since the second half of the Summer League season. So um, playing around Grant, everybody kind of knows how that works now. I think they struggled through that a lot early in the year. They tried to play through the post, but nobody's really moving around it, didn't get out of double teams well and that kind of thing. So defense uh, and then just figuring the rest of it out offensively um, is, is the biggest differences uh, for NDSU thus far. 
yeah, I think when, when I've been able to check in on them, I think just that young guard group, just being able to space the floor better early on when I was able to check in on them, it just seemed so crowded down low that, you know, Grant and Andrew couldn't do what they wanted to do efficiently or effectively. They may, may have got their points, but it was hard to get to the, to the points they wanted. Now you're seeing some big offensive scoring outputs, you know, Bowden, Obviously, we knew about his defense. He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, but his scoring's come a, a tremendous long way. Um, and then Jakari White, a guy I love watching that kid play. He's, he's yep. a big player. And then to Javis when he's healthy, man, yeah, that that's the thing with him. When he's healthy, he's a he's a really good player. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bowden, you know the the crazy part with Bowden was he was a prolific scorer in high school. I mean, he set all kinds of records in North Dakota and at, at his high school in Jamestown. Um, and then he got to NDSU and he became an excellent defender, which was something I I didn't see coming for one. Uh, but then his offensive game kind of went to sleep a little bit. Now, obviously, last year with all the the vets that NDSU had, it wasn't needed as much. Um, but even at the beginning of this season, he didn't really show it. And so it's nice to see that come back out. He's had that part of his game since high school. Um, I think he just needed to build the confidence back in it a little bit. Um, and I think it was more just him getting the right shots versus just taking shots. Um, he's really done a good job of being able to back some smaller guards down in the post, or if he's got a bigger defender on him, kind of shake him a little bit and get a nice open jump shot. So um He's he's played really really well, and I I think I looked up the stat when I was doing my podcast. I think if Bowden scores thirteen or more points in Summit League play, uh, in the NDSU NDSU's like they've only lost one game. So as important as everybody else is, it seems like when Bowden's playing well, the rest of the offense comes along and and helps that team win. So huge huge for sure. The other thing you mentioned, Andrew Morgan. He was in uh, Dave Richmond's doghouse a little bit, uh, rolling into Summit League play. Uh, he didn't even start the game before the St. Thomas game, uh, and that was his first game back starting. He still only played 16 minutes. Um, and so getting him back in there, I I don't think St. Thomas really has anybody that can defend Grant or Morgan one-on-one. -on -one. So if he gets his 25 minutes a game, um, it'll really create some space, I think, because the Tommies are going to have to – have to do something whether they dig down or double or or whatever it is and they've gotten a lot better at playing out of that ndsu has uh this season yeah i think the key with st thomas when it comes to them defensively is uh very team defensive oriented because yeah like you said straight up um they just don't have the size to play straight up even ajani lee has become a, a really good defender but he's kind of one of those off defenders if you know what i mean kind of a help side um mm -hmm. he sees the other opponent uh, you know his other teammates guy go up for a basket he's good at helping in that situation still learning on how to play one-on-one -on -one defense uh at this level but i think you know what what's really changed for them is being able to play kind of inside out almost putting bigger teams when they've played well against bigger teams is you know if you look at that Earl Roberts game that they had even though they lost they basically took Connor Vanover out of that game because uh with Parker Bjorklund's involvement as an all-around scorer for them you know it's hard for bigger guys to guard him because no one wants to test his athleticism on the perimeter 
but you still have to guard him because now he's shooting almost at a 40% clip from deep. And so I think that's going to be the key for St. Thomas to try to eliminate that defense, that size advantage is can they use their bigs on the perimeter offensively to make Dave have to go small or does NDSU slow the pace and really utilize their size. That's where it's going to be interesting to see. And I think, again, whichever young guard core is more consistent throughout the game, I think this is going to be a tremendous game either way, no matter who wins. I, th- I like the matchup. Um, obviously, the bigs play different stylistically, but, you know, it's it's going to be a good it's going to be a good competitive game. Two very well coached teams, in my opinion, too. And, uh, you know, how, what's your thoughts? How does NDSU win this game and what happens if they like what would cost them this game, in your opinion? Um, if they falter defensively, I think Parker Bjorklund was a bit of a matchup problem for him the first time around um, because they were trying to play Strite or Morgan on him and he's just kind of getting around him and getting to the basket. Uh, I Davis went to even uh, in the ORU game on Saturday, instead of putting Morgan or Strite or the big on, on Vanover, they put Grant on him just because they want to defend the pick and pop. They knew Vanover wasn't, isn't going to back anybody down. Um, and with Grant's athleticism and reach that when they tried to lob it down there to him, he just jump up and steal it away from him. Cause he's athletic enough to reach as high as the seven, five guy. Um, and then they just moved uh, whoever was the big in the game, you know, over a spot to to Jurgens or or somebody else that was on the floor. And so I think NDSU would like to employ that strategy. I think they'd like to put Grant on Bjorkland, but they also got to be careful. Uh, Bjorkland goes at him a few times if Grant gets a little swing happy trying to block shots, then he gets himself in foul trouble. So Grant gets in foul trouble. Um, that would be one way that NDSU could find themselves in trouble. Uh, but as long as the guards defend the way they've been defending um, and then they shoot the ball well out of the double teams, because you know, they're going to come, um, you know, a couple weeks ago down at, um, it will just at Oral Roberts. They were shot like two for two for 17 and two thirds of the way through the game from three. And they were open shots. I mean, when you, when you get them, you got to make them um, at least at a 35% clip. And so Talent-wise, I still think NDSU is the more talented team. If they play their game and they defend well and they shoot the ball well, um, you know, generate good offensive possessions, um, I think they'll win. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I don't think there's any way that St. Thomas just goes goes fading away. Um, I think this is uh, within 10 points. I think it's, you know, a single-digit game. Um, but, and, you know, as long as they play their game, I think they win. If they can't get stops on defense and they don't get shots to fall on offense, they they will probably not win this game because St. Thomas can score. Um, and they defend well enough as a team as a whole. Not As you mentioned, not they don't have any great individual defenders, but they defend really well as a whole. They move, they move around well. They close gaps well. Um, and that's, you know, that's why they're where they're at in the standings right now. Yeah, it's uh, one matchup I'm looking forward to that we didn't get the last time out was because Rody was out is seeing Rody and Bowden go at it because I have a feeling, you know, Bowden's probably going to get a lot of the time on Rody defensively 
And uh, it'll probably be similar back and forth, Rhodey guarding him, voting a lot just because of his, you know, last month or so being a, a much more impactful score. And let's, you know, address the elephant in the room. Both players are a bit spicy. They're <laughs> shy of talking a little trash, you know, maybe bumping a little chest. Both have gotten a T at some point this year. So I'm kind of interested to see the mind games between those two. And, uh, yeah, that will be a My- Mind games definitely great. The the benefit if that starts to happen is this one's in at NDSU's home floor and and Bowden gets some extra backup around here. So <laughs> that'll be that'll be uh interesting to see for sure. But yeah, that it that's the most intriguing matchup to me out of this whole thing. It's not because you don't know how the bigs are gonna play on each other, what the matchups are gonna be, but Bowden yeah. Bowden and Rody are ninety-five percent chance that's the matchup on both ends of the floor. So um, whether it's Jakari White or to Javis Miller in there occasionally, or Hostreiter, um, that'll have to take some take some time on him, give Bowden a breather. But uh, I would say for the most part, that's that's going to be the matchup. Yeah, that'll that'll be fun. Fans should be in for a treat on that one, and then it's going to be on ESPN Plus too. So, uh, for those listening that want to watch this game, it will be on ESPN Plus. Uh, not sure who's broadcasting, but Midco always brings a level play-by-play color commentary i hope uh yeah hopefully hopefully we have midco and hopefully we have fans and hopefully we have a lot of things uh and ndsu's campus closed officially for tomorrow so um i i hope that means students will have nothing better to do but to get out of the house and attend the game tomorrow night and um hope everything else still stays on a schedule i think the snow is supposed to wrap up around noon so that should give give everybody plenty of time to get over there by seven, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting. And ironically, they played during a blizzard when they're down here in St. Paul. So it's just destiny. It makes sense. When these two teams play, it's during the worst winter weather of the year. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Two, two <laughs> blizzards for this weekend. Uh, yeah. I, I know NDSU's women went down on Tuesday. Uh, I know this, I know the Tommy's men came up a day early as well uh, to get ahead of it, but um, I was less concerned about them getting for that game, but then they got to get from there to make them Illinois uh, for the game on Saturday. And that could be a, be an oh. interesting journey. Everybody. I, get... Yeah. Everybody I talked to in the league, they hate that trip. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a... not a fun one. It's a, it's a, a trip bus trip across vast nothingness to a high school gym down there and make them Illinois. And so it's, it's not a, it's not an enjoyable trip at all. No. Uh, one last thing, you know, with the, with this being such a pivotal matchup in the standings wise, you know, winner, winner of this game is in the driver's seat of getting the third seed. Uh, loser automatically falls to the four or five seed. If NDSU wins, and we'll, we'll talk about both teams here, who they would like to see in that third seed, who they don't want to see or who, who they want to draw in that 3-6 matchup. Uh, I'll let you go first for NDSU if they win tomorrow and ultimately get that third seed. Who would you like to see them uh, face first round? Honestly, um, at this point, I don't, for either team, I don't. I think getting the three is the most important because I don't think you want to face whoever's going to be the five. And I, I think that's what it comes down to because it's looking like 
the three is going to be NDSU or St. Thomas more than likely. Uh, and Western is going to be the other four or five seed, uh, depending how those games go on Saturday. And I think those three match up well together. I think they all play each other tough. Uh, they all play a kind of a similar style of game. Um, and I think they can all beat the team. Everybody, UND is coming on strong here late, but they've come on strong against the bottom half of the league. I don't, we'll see where they stand this week with the U, with the St. Thomas and Western Illinois games, but Kansas city just lost Shamari Allen for the year. South Dakota's, I don't know what's going on in Vermillion. They are, <laughs> they are fading fast and things seem to be spiraling there. So it reminds me of the Western Illinois situation a little bit last year where they started so strong and then, and then faded down the stretch. Yeah. Um, and Denver and Omaha just they just don't have the horses to I don't think they'll get out of Friday night um more than likely. So um I really I'm not concerned about anybody really in the six. I would say UND will probably put up the best fight out of any of those teams that are that are remaining. Uh, but they need a lot of help just to get to the six seed. They have to sweep this week and have uh have uh South Dakota drop both, I believe. So um it'll be for that, for that case, I'm not. If NDSU hangs on, I think that's why this game is so crucially important because I think getting to that three line and avoiding that Western matchup in the first round is probably the most important out of it. The four I, or five is going to have the toughest, toughest. You figure you'd have to go Western, South Dakota, or ORU, and then South Dakota State to win the Summer League Championship. That's a that's a three day stretch, and you got to play them all back to back to back. You don't get a day off at all. So. That's that's not anywhere anybody wants to be. I honestly couldn't agree more that, uh, yeah, no matter who, who you get in that four or five, whether it's Western or NDSU for St. Thomas, those are two teams that, you know, yeah, I, I you could have hit it on the nail. While UND has played better of late, you know, it's really if they get if they get hot from deep, it's not because they're out playing you. It's just because they're shooting wild threes that are going in um, and Casey. USD for different reasons. Casey more for injuries uh, and depth. South Dakota, something weird's going on behind the scenes with that team. I think both will, you know, falter uh, right away. And uh, yeah, so like you said, that three seed, not just uh, important because you avoid ORU, but you avoid a brutal first round matchup as well. And uh, yeah, that's why I like talking to you. I think I think you and I we oftentimes get on the same page, even though we we often root for rival teams. And so it's kind of fun to have those conversations. We see we can both look through our mirror or our uh, filtered our team. Yeah, our team colored lenses, but uh, we're looking at the same <laughs> we're looking at the same picture. It's just different colors, but it it all ends up looking the same uh, any way you slice it. Now, um, after this weekend's game, I. I've and and St. Thomas's last game. I think everybody has to be feeling a little bit more confident, uh, uh, less terrified of the four five seed with Oral Roberts sitting there because they have not, they haven't lost. So it's not like you can say they haven't played well, but they they aren't beating teams by thirty anymore. And so um, take that for what you want, and it's entirely possible that Max Asmus is playing. You know giving it 60% effort until tournament time and then going to crank it up to 110. So that could always happen as well. So, uh, but they looked, they've looked vulnerable. I think teams have figured out a little bit how to defend them, which they had no clue 
uh, early on. I think a lot of teams were trying a bunch of different things that didn't work at all. I think Vanover threw a threw a wrench into things for for a lot of teams' plans as to what they had for ORU coming into the season. And now that they know that he's can be a bullied a little bit on the defensive end or pull him away from the basket because uh, he saw I saw Andrew Morgan go right at him. I've seen Parker Bjorkland go right at him. I've seen you know a few of the bigs in this league just go right at him and he can't he's he's not big enough to push anybody out he just relies on the shot blocking so if he can go in and create some space um you know you can do that that way and yeah uh put your best guards on max and <laughs> double anytime they get anywhere close to inside the three-point line and hope <laughs> hope somebody else has to shoot it and beat you and um and that's exactly what ndsu did and uh, jurgens and and Thompson and Vanover and a bunch of guys shot a bunch of threes and not very many of them went in. And that's, that's how they kept it close was keeping Max and, and McBride uh, from scoring. So um, yeah. it, it's going to, it should be a very interesting summit league. I don't think any, I don't see any game being a blowout at the summit league tournament at all. I think they will all be tightly contested matchups um, all the way through. I don't, I don't really see anybody, going hog wild maybe sdsu depending who they land in that first round whoever comes out of the 7-10 game with that crowd on the opening night after a team that team's coming off a back-to-back playing the night before that might be a that that one might get out of hand depending on the legs the team has left but uh other than that i think they'll all be pretty close yeah it'll be fun and uh you know obviously this has been kind of uh all, all ORU this year, but there's definitely been a lot of late season improvement by a lot of teams where, you know, we, we talk about it a lot in our chats where portal season is going to be a sweat. Uh, <laughs> top teams got some players that have caught some eyes, but uh, if we could keep these studs around, I think, you know, this, this league is continuing to put good seasons together more and more. It's just a lot of fun to talk about and brings a lot of good content. Yeah. I, I become less worried about the portal and more worried about the NBA draft lately. I don't know, I don't know <laughs> what's worse, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think a lot of teams, you know, I think SDSU is definitely improved. They're getting healthy. Um, you know, St. Thomas, obviously a, a younger team as well. It's just growth of freshmen, same as NDSU. Um, Western's faded a little bit. I mean, they've dropped four of their last five, but, Trent Masner's a dude, so um, yeah. they they go they can go as far as he can carry them. Um, but I think I think a little bit everybody looks at ORU as potentially dwindling, but I I think it's more other teams catching up to them more than it is, you know, ORU fading uh, at all. Because you look across what they do, the stat lines from Asmus and you know and McBride are always there, so it's not like they're doing less. Uh, I think the other teams are just have just been catching up and improving as the season goes on. Yeah, I'd have to agree there because early on in the season, a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, the top four teams, top four or five, were still figuring out a lot of things, rotations, positions, or you already had that set. They knew what they were going to bring yeah, in. Yeah, they, they got five, they have five guys on senior day and four of them are four of their best players. So, you know, <laughs> that when you got that kind of experience and that kind of veteran leadership going into a season, you, you shouldn't start slow. Um, but a lot of these other teams had a lot of freshmen to work in and, and find their way. And every interview, every freshman I've interviewed on my podcast, I've asked them what the hardest part about, you know, coming into the D one level of basketball is in their freshman year. And 
every single one of them replies with defense. That defense at D1 coming out of high school is ridiculously difficult to learn uh, because a lot of these guys don't get asked to play defense in high school anymore or <laughs> AAU or anything else. So um, that that's a big part of it. Yeah. And, or, or a lot of times they're just bigger, more athletic than the other guy that they don't have to rely on. You know, how do you defend a ball screen? How do you rotate? You know, how do you get through ball screens? You just pick them up because you're bigger, more athletic, and it's just a lot easier when you're yeah, and they, you, opponent is inferior to you. Yeah, well, that and, you know, guys at D1 level don't need three feet to get off a shot. They need three inches. So you have to be up in their grill at all times, not, you know, slacking off three feet off the line. So there's a lot of that for sure. Well, we are running out on my uh, free version of Zoom here, so I don't want to lose you while we're still conversing. But, Brandon, really appreciate you jumping on. This was a lot of fun talk uh, preview and looking forward to the tournament. And, uh, again, give your podcast a plug so folks know where to find you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. ton of fun. Always good to talk some hoops. I'm down to talk it all the time. Uh, Thundering Herd Hoops podcast, uh, available anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, just – Come check it out if you want any any buys and coverage whatsoever. Um, or if you just want to skip ahead to the player interviews, get to know some of the players, I have I've certainly no issue with that. That That's what it's there for uh, is mostly to get get to know them off the, off the court a little bit. Um, they're, they're either 18 to 22-year-olds, not, you know, not NBA professional athletes. And I think a lot of people forget that sometimes, and that's that's what this is this is all about. Awesome, dude. Well, hey, I appreciate you having uh, coming on here and – uh, look forward to seeing you here in a couple weeks and uh, having some brewskis and finally seeing what all this ruckus is about uh, you and your crew down in there in Sioux Falls. Oh, <laughs> uh, we uh, we are we are ready. That is that is for sure. <laughs> all right, sir. Well, you have a good night, and we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Sam. That was a lot of fun chatting some summit hoops with Brandon. Uh, never thought I'd be one of my best basketball buddies would be a diehard. North Dakota State Bison fan, but here we are. We live in strange times, but uh, yeah, in all seriousness, a lot of fun to always uh, sit down and chat with him. He's got a great show, uh, a much better intro than I do. I got to figure out someone to do uh, a cool intro for my podcast here real soon. Thankfully, this is just my pilot season. Still rough around the edges next season. Definitely planning on better. But, uh, yeah, again, that was Brandon Geffrey, the Thundering Herd Hoops podcast. Does a great job. And uh, look forward to seeing him and, uh, yeah, talking more hoops. But next up, we got Parker Bjorklund, uh, senior forward for St. Thomas on deck here uh, for my player interview. Uh, Parker's had quite the journey. Uh, didn't even pursue uh, college basketball out of high school. We get into that and why. Um, and now he is uh, quite honestly one of the best players in the league. Hopefully, he lands on a uh, Summit League all uh, all Summit League roster here. Um, I don't know if he'll be first team, but at least second or all honorable mention. I think he definitely does deserve that because uh, he's fighting for a three seed and arguably um, one of the toughest matchups of any uh, opposing forward in the league. So. Uh, yeah, just a fun sit down with him. Just a great uh, guy to sit and talk to and just very insightful, very wise beyond his years. So next up, we have Parker. All right, we are back here with uh, 
senior big man, grad student, I should say, as they always say, uh, Parker Bjorklund. And I just uh, was told that I have been tweeting his last name incorrectly. I want to go on the record of apologizing for that, Parker. It's all good. I've all never good. been a good speller in my life. <laughs> I'm, I haven't either, so next two of us. And, and I, I do want to tease you, you don't have Twitter, so I'm going to blame that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, Parker, heck of a season so far. Um, you know, just kind of take us through, uh, you know, so far how it's gone for you guys and, uh, you know, your experiences from last year to this year. Last year was all new. Now you knew what to expect. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's night and day different. So, you know, just tell us how that's been. Yeah, for sure. It's been, uh, it's been a great year so far. Um, you know, we don't usually go in the year having expectations, but, you know, we knew we could, you know, compete to be, you know, top of the top of the team in the league. So, you know, that's what we've been doing, and we're trying to trying to finish. Hopefully, get a 20-win season and go into the the tournament as a three seed. That that'd be the goal. But um, yeah, no, it's been a ton of fun. It's definitely been, like you mentioned, it's been this year is a lot different than last year in terms of our team. You know, last year was a very it was a very veteran-style team. You know, very experienced. Um, obviously, lacked a lot of area like athleticism and stuff like that but um, you know it's been a it's been a good little twist you know from last year to this year and this year we got four new freshmen and we lost like five seniors um, super talented freshman class it's been a blast to play with um, and you know I think we're every game we're getting a lot better you know we were very inexperienced at the beginning of the year and you know I feel like we're about to peak at the right time you know hopefully at the tournament so yeah it's been it's been a heck of a ride and a ton of fun you know, talk about mixing in those freshman guys, Andrew, Kendall, Ajani, um, and, and really even Jer Drake mid-year uh, and Courtney, Courtney as well. Boy, right. um, you know, there's a couple other teams in the league, they kind of had the same situation, but they haven't figured out quite how to mold it together, how you guys have. And, you know, just talk about how you've welcomed them in and how you guys have been able to gel as a unit because you guys play terrific team basketball. Uh, it's not relying on one or two guys. You usually have a different leading scorer every night, it seems mm -hmm. like. You play 10 deep. So just talk about how that's gone into play and really how you guys have molded that. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll give most of the credit to the coaching staff. You know, we got unbelievable coaches that, you know, have been able to put us in a, a position to be super successful. Um, and I would say it just, you know, comes with playing every single day in practice, uh, getting that chemistry, getting those reps in, um, you know, even off the court as well, you know, hanging out with these freshman guys. And, you know, we got, we got some vets on here, so we were able to, you know, give us, give them our insight about, you know, the Summit League basketball, and they're super talented, so, and they learn quickly. So it's been, it's, it's been a, a ton of fun. And, uh, you know, going along with that, we got, we got three freshmen, and like you said, the two transfers. So it is a big switch up from the, the team we had last year. But, you know, it just starts, starts every day in practice, getting all the reps in. Um, playing together, playing hard, and you know, like you said, we we do we do play team basketball, so that makes it easy when you know you don't got a bunch of guys out there just trying to get their own. So that helps a lot too. It's got to be nice for you and and Brooks, you know, really in practice. Obviously, you had Courtney here last year, but adding in a couple more big bodies, uh, you know, to really go at it in in practice, that that's had to help you a little bit to not go from being the tallest guy on the team, you or Brooks. And then you go into a game where you're you're the shortest center in the league. Right. Um, you know you're six six. Uh, so it's got to be nice to have some big bodies to be ready 
uh, to you know league games and whatnot. Totally, totally. I mean, the, sometimes we're out there and the shortest guy is a six six, six six guy. If you know if Miller's off the floor, we got a super tall lineup. And you know last year, average height could have been you know six two. So it's been huge and. Along with that, you know, it helps us with our rebounding and, you know, getting the ball out in transition and getting our hands in passing lanes. So it's been super effective effective for us on the court as well. Nice. Well, Parker, your, uh, your journey playing college basketball is very unusual. It did not start in the traditional way. I know we, we've talked a couple of times. You, you got recruited a little bit by Mayak schools, mm -hmm. but you didn't come to St. Thomas to play basketball. And, you know, just talk about how – what it was like going from high school, some recruitment, you came here, you didn't play right away, and how that all evolved to yeah. what it is now. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, in high school, after some games, there were some Mayak coaches. Um, there, I think Hamlin has came to a few games, St. Thomas, um, Gustavus. Uh, and it was actually funny, like, I, th I don't know if this is true, but I can't even remember, but I think someone said, like, after a game, I would like rush to the locker room. I didn't even want to like entertain the college coaches because I didn't really want to play um, a whole lot. I don't know if that's totally true or accurate, but yeah, they recruited me. I think I had one D2 school that was interested in me. I think it was South, South Dakota School of Mines. Um, but it was, yeah, just the D3, D3 teams. And at the time I was busy running my, my Twitter business. So, you know, that's kind of where my passion was. And I didn't, I wasn't 100% in on basketball. And then I was, burning out a little bit so you know the whole time in high school I, I had pretty much in my mind it was like this is this is it for me I want to just focus on my business um, and then you know I, I, the business continued to do well for the first two years of college and then it slowed down a little bit and I had a lot more free time and that's when COVID hit too so even more free time so then I just you know I hadn't played basketball in a while so it started to you know interest me a little bit so I was just shooting baskets on the driveway you know I had my parents rebound for me and stuff like that and then uh, you know I contemplated a lot and then I decided to give the coach a call ask him ask him if I could you know play for the team and it was actually I was actually kind of nervous I'm not gonna lie because I had played for two years I, I thought maybe the coach would be like heck no who do you think you are you think you can come like play or whatever so you know luckily they gave me a shot and I was able to try out for the team um, when I was a junior when we were D3 um, and it was actually a legitimate tryout because at that time we had the, the JV team and the varsity team, and the next year we were going to just have a varsity team, so all those JV guys were actually trying out for the varsity team. So it was structured like a tryout. It wasn't just like me trying to make my role. So, um, you know, they saw potential in me, and they, they gave me a shot, and we had the shortened D3 season. I think I only played six games. I recall my first Division Three game, I uh, had four fouls in nine minutes, and it was a struggle for sure. But, you know, we learned, we got better, and then, we, you know, we had last year, um, I believe we went 10-20, and 20, um, but that was a great year. It was, you know, we got a lot of experience, and then here we are now doing pretty well in the Summit League. So it's, it's been a journey, but it's been a blast. And I never would have expected it to be this way, but it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, Johnny likes to joke that he found you in intramurals when coaches ask where you came from. Yeah. And so it's kind of fun to hear that backstory that yeah. you really had to try out. It wasn't right. just, a, hey, we need bodies. So yeah, exactly. It's, it's cool. And now you're, you know, I've talked to a couple of coaches around the league and, you know, they talk about you. You know, you're probably at the top of the scouting report because you create a difficult matchup 
you know, especially teams like NDSU, who you play on Thursday, uh, Oral Roberts, who you recently played, South Dakota State, they all have, and even South Dakota, they have bigs that like to stay in the paint. Mm -hmm. um, they don't want to be drawn out. You create those problems. So, you know, it, it's just a great story to see how you didn't want to play basketball, and now you're one of the most difficult guys to scout for on a Division One team in Division One conference, and you are in a position to, you know, potentially win 20 games here in a season. You know, has that sunk into you? Yeah, um, it is a little surreal. Um, you know, I'm right now we're just focused on each game at hand. You know, I haven't done a whole lot of reflecting, obviously a little bit, but yeah, it's been it's been a crazy journey, but it's been it's been a lot of fun. So hopefully we can continue with this momentum going into the tournament and go out with a bang. Yeah, you know, again another fun thing that. I've enjoyed watching you guys for the past two years really up close is also watching, you know, obviously the team developing, but some of the individual developments, uh, you yourself have, you know, in the two years come a long way. You know, you're very much a back to basket guy, right shoulder, you know, sometimes you'd have that, that flick shot that we joke about. Uh, but now, you know, you can, you still got your, your excellent back to basket moves, your face up guy. You're not afraid to, you know, take a guy off the dribble out at the three-point line. And now you've become one of the best shooters in the league over the last, you know, month or two. Uh, you know, how is this all? Because it's really developed in the course of a year. Mm -hmm. That's hard to do yeah. when you're playing games versus getting reps to just work on your individual game. How does that come about? Yeah, I think it really started in the spring and the summer, um, you know, talking to the coaches and, you know, people I trust, they pretty much said, you know, you need to get a three-point shot to be effective because, you know, these these guys I'm going against are bigger and stronger. And, yeah, I maybe have the quickness, but if I could really develop that threat from the three-point line, you know, that's going to really open my game up in a whole lot of ways. So this summer, that was my main focus was just getting shots up, you know, going to the gym every single day um, and just getting those reps, and that's pretty much where it started. So last year was a, a really big year for my development and just getting better at, you know, shooting and then obviously a whole lot of other things defense dribbling all those things are also big big parts of my development but yeah it's just you know working hard every single day that's pretty much what goes into it so you've also kind of developed a nice little drop step uh in the paint you've had a couple of nice drop step 200 flushes as well it's so you know you're not just a fundamental guy you, you can get up as well yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I just playing how they playing what they give me. You know, they know I like to go left, so sometimes they're hugging my, hugging that side a whole lot, and I have a, I have a ton of room to just drop step and go the other way. And along with my development, you know, I had to work on my right hand a lot. Uh, last year, guys were just taking away my left hand completely, and I wasn't super comfortable going to my right. But this year, um, I worked on it a lot, and I've, you know, I can now go right. So that's 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 helped a lot too. But yeah. You know, seeing with this development, you've really, you know, are really rounding out your game. Seeing where you're at in the league, you know, I like to tweet, you know, about you being potentially an all league player, whether it's, you know, first, second, honorable mention. I think you definitely deserve a seat at that table, whatever, however it shakes out. Um, but looking beyond college, have you, have you considered any sort of, uh, pro options overseas or wherever it may be now that you know your game has really evolved to where it has yeah I, I've definitely thought about it um, I'm having a ton of fun playing and I don't want to stop playing so 
I think once college college hoops is over, I would definitely entertain you know looking to go overseas to play, and I think it would also be a great experience. You know, I've never been to Europe or you know wherever I've gone. I haven't really been out of the United States, so um, yeah, that's definitely a big interest of mine. Uh, I'm not sure when or how it's going to happen, but it's definitely been on my mind. I think it would be a very good experience to do that. So. Nice. Well, I, I definitely think you got an opportunity or, you know, the ability to, you know, at least dabble in it, you know, try it out, not look 10 years down the road. Oh, should I have tried? You know, yeah. I think the option is there, you know, when that time comes, whenever you decide. Mm -hmm. uh, and so hopefully I, I'd love to see your story continue beyond college. So it's been fun getting to know you guys. And so I always look forward to seeing what happens after basketball as well for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate you following the story and all the support. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll wrap up here with a couple of fun questions here, Parker. Um, we were talking a little bit beforehand. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but you know, a lot of guys that they see your height and they they probably think that all right, they can bully you a little bit in the paint. You're only six six, and uh, but you get kind of a an angry face. You're one of the <laughs> nicest guys out there. And you know you're not a trash talker, but you get this 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 angry, tough energy and look to you, and you can be kind of a bully down in the paint. You know where does that come from? Where you can switch that on and off? Because as soon as the game's over, you're back to being the nice Parker Bjorkland <laughs> that I've gotten to know a little bit the past couple of years. You know how does that switch work for you? I mean, it's just all business when when I'm out there. I'm I'm just focused. I mean, it's funny you mention that because um, kind of even before the game, I'm kind of getting into that zone. So I mean, I remember our trainers is like, yeah, I I can't talk to Parker. He just doesn't really talk a whole lot before the games. And I thought that was interesting, but I don't know. It's just when you when you're out there, it's just a different switch. You know, you're 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 competing. You know, you're trying to win with all those guys, but. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it is exactly. It's just probably probably the want to win is you know probably what brings that out of me. So yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun to watch. And then uh, lastly, you had a big game. Uh, I mean, you've had several big games. We could we could make a list of them this year. But uh, one of your bigger games was out at Denver. You know, that's a tough road trip, regardless of their record. Going to Omaha, going out to Denver. Mm -hmm. You know, playing in altitude, and you. Uh, you got a double-double out there, and I had tweeted about it, you know, recapping the game. And next thing I know, I got, I got a DM from your teammate Riley uh, saying that he deserves the credit for you getting a double-double. He's one of the best free-throw shooters in the country, and he said that he purposely missed a free-throw so you could get your 10th rebound. Any truth to that, or was Riley off and <laughs> actually missed that free-throw? It's hard to believe, you know, he usually makes all of his free throws, but I don't think in, in his mind he was thinking that or knew I had nine rebounds, but that, that is a funny story how he put it that way, and it's believable because, you know, he doesn't usually miss free throws, but, yeah, that, that was funny, and then I was able to get, I, it was a putback too, so I got the rebound and the two points, so I guess credit both of them to him. Gets a, gets a nice little assist on both. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> All right, Parker. Well, I'll let you go. Uh, it's been fun ta talking to you here, and I uh, appreciate your time, sir. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Well, that was Parker Bjorklund, and it is spelled L-U-N-D, not L-A-N-D <laughs> like I've been spelling on Twitter this whole time. That's so right. I apologize for that. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> all right, sir. I'll let you go here. Thank you. Well, folks, that will wrap up this week's episode of From My View. 
Big thanks to my friend Brandon Geffrey for co-hosting with me on this episode. It was a lot of fun to uh, catch up with him. He's a great guy with some great insight. Uh, follow his podcast again, Thunder and Herd Podcast, if you want some good uh, bison uh, basketball talk and interviews with players from both the men's and women's team. And then thank you again to Parker Bjorklund, just another great dude who I have gotten to know the past couple seasons covering Tommy basketball and a guy who I couldn't be more happy for uh, seeing the successes that has come about his way because they've all been hard earned on his end. Uh, not uh, not been given. He's earned everything he's gotten there at St. Thomas. So, And just an overall great kid as well. Going to do a lot of great things, whether it's in basketball or beyond. So fun to have both those guys on. And next week, not really sure what the plan is, but we'll have something fun again. Uh, maybe talk to a Midco Media person or uh, hopefully maybe another coach as well. Uh, go back to that old routine. But for now, thanks for joining.